When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. Hey, ma'am. Hiya, how are you? I'm all right, thank you. How are you? <laughs> um, I am all right. I'm here with a little bit of a gin and something. Oh, it's finishing, to be honest. Um, What's the something? Tonic? No. Well, you know what? I'm. This is going to sound so <gasps> disgusting. She doesn't like tonic. No, I do. I do. I don't okay. mind it. We do drink tonic. This is going to sound really disgusting, but I want to know if our listeners have ever done this. So last night. Mr. Big made me a drink, but it was quite strong and it was like full to the brim. It was like gin and something. And I never finished it. I had like two sips and I left it on the side. And then today I was just like, that's too much good alcohol to go to. Waste. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I thought you were going to say you were drinking gin and water and then I was no. going to be really concerned. No, no, oh, no. He so- made you a cocktail. Fantastic. Yeah. So I literally today, I just like split out into two cups put some ice in it added more juice to it and I'm drinking it now fantastic (laughs) love it Um, love it yeah I mean I don't know how much dust fell into this drink over the night but it's gone if we're surviving covid you know we 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 can test our boundaries yeah exactly exactly survive love the strongest that's what I say yeah yeah (laughs) what have you been up to um I've had a very nephew-filled weekend, which has been lovely. Felt quite busy. I'm currently house-sitting and dog-sitting, which makes me happy. And I've currently got, like, an amazing view, and I've decided I need to buy this house when this <laughs> this couple just no longer – does not want to live here any longer. Mm. Um, They've got the very sought-after wall panelling I can mm, see behind you. Very, very trendy. Mm. Very chic. Um, and they have newly done up this bedroom. It wasn't like this last year. Um, mm-hmm. I house it probably every summer for them. Um, but yeah, I'm all right. I'm all right. I want a weekend to be longer, but don't we all? Yep. So, yep. yeah. Mm. Yeah. We're still petitioning for that four-day week, and I hope you guys are too. <laughs> <laughs> Contact your local representative. Exactly. <laughs> So, Mim, mm. what is your fashion story this week? So, my first one. So, I have two, but the second one's it's a little I long. have two this week. Mm. So, my first one is Adidas has sold Reebok. Yeah, did you see that? Or did, did I send it that. to you? I don't know. You didn't um, send it, I did see that. That's big. Mm, yeah, so the idea is that they want to focus on their main brand. And... Um, so that's why they're letting go of Reebok. But supposedly Reebok's done quite well over the past year. It's brought in like like 10, it's sold worth of 10 billion worth of product. <laughs> but the only thing is they've actually sold it less than what they bought for it in 2005. Mm. It's so cheeky. They're, they're selling it for, oh God. Oh, I can't remember. It's like two point something billion which is more than what they thought they people thought they were going to get for it but maybe they just thought like this is not a loss because we've already made money on it so far I don't know you know what I've got a soft spot for Reebok I do actually own two trainers from Reebok Mm -hmm. one pair of trainers 
I actually bought in the last month. Mm. Really dig them. They're a bit funky. They're a bit yeah. like different to their other ones. I think it was like a collaboration they did. Mm-hmm. And then I have one other pair. I have a real soft spot for Reebok. It really like other than Adidas is very much the nineties for me and like encapsulated in mm. a brand. And I just think, I don't think it gets a fair shot. Like Adidas is really, by the way, guys, I definitely don't think I say Nike or Adidas the right way. Like I know there's Adidas or Nike, you know, Mm. sue me. Um, But Reebok, I feel like doesn't get a fair share at the sports like platform. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like for, for a while, Nike was quite a front runner. And kind of the it most still premium. Is. Yeah. But Adidas is getting there. Like mm. I would say they're becoming a parallel. We've now had like Under Armour come in, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. But I think Reebok doesn't get its fair, fair go at things. Yeah. So they attributed their recent success to things like collaborations, which is what you mentioned. And they've been like tapping into their um archive of designs. So that's why you say like it reminds you of the 90s is because they're pulling out designs from like their past eras you know big eras and big successes and so yeah you're right like I do really like Reebok as well but um it's not talked about in the same way that Jordans are or like I couldn't tell you a name of their shoe oh neither could I but it's like Fila, you know, that point where all these other mm. like smaller, not smaller brands, but more like retro brands were coming back. Um, and we had like the Stan Smith Adidas is like making a revival. And then we had like Fila, I feel like we're mm-hmm. trying to come back. Champion came. Yeah, Champion Cham- had a rise. Champion came back too expensive though. I'm sorry, Champion. Like this is the thing with Nike is that they have really great designs, but Nike's not that expensive. Yeah, like, you can get lots of affordable stuff. But Champion was taking the piss. So anyway, um, yeah, there was there was a period of time where all these kind of older sports brands were trying to make their mark and capitalize on this whole like retro vibe everyone was trying to buy into. Mm. Yeah. So I wonder what we're going to see next from Reebok. Yeah, I don't know. Hopefully. Hopefully sort of a postcard being like, sad to see you go type of vibe. <laughs> <laughs> or I'm doing better on my own. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. My uh, next fashion story is, okay, it's it's probably like a croc alert, to be honest. It's oh, croc here alert. we go. How many times can we mention crocs? Sponsor us, please. <laughs> Um, I've got my eye on a new pair of Crocs. And right. um are these in-house Crocs or outside Crocs? Oh, I don't think I have the stomach to be wearing Crocs outdoors, <laughs> if I'm honest. Talk a big game, but I don't think I can do it. Um so I if hope your sister's listening. <laughs> she yeah, I think she wore hers out today. Anyway, shameful. Um <laughs> so it's this new collaboration is by a really kind of big shoe designer in the world of trainers. And his name is Saleh Bembry. And he was the designer for like Versace's range of like trainers recently. You know, they've kind of everyone and Mm. their dog has gone into like sneakers and whatnot. Of course. And so he was designing for them and like loads of other brands as well. Um, And so his croc doesn't resemble the typical shape of Crocs. It's like, I think his like motif is like a fingerprint. So this mm-hmm. kind of has these ridges that go around the shoe that resembles a fingerprint. Like, you know, like a fingerprint. Like it's like rigid and yeah, got my eye on those guys. So if you're a Crocs lover, keep, you know, keep your eye out for those. But I was reading um, a business of fashion article that was talking about like the success of Crocs and like, how it's like here to stay. And I was like, yeah, if you think about it, Bottega Veneta's tried to do their own like rubberized shoe clog thing. Um, like Crocs has had like a massive following, particularly with like Gen Z and like young millennials. They've been featuring on Love Island. Yeah, they're on Love Island. They have like, countless collaborations. Quite, yeah. I, I think Drew 
like yeah. Justin Bieber's Drew's done a collab with them or yeah. like done their own like you know they do and, like, and then all these badges or whatever they're called put on them I think they've had a real a real real surge mm-hmm. especially over the past like year and a half of like mm. everyone being at home and collab 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 like making it in our face you know mm, for sure say so, anyway, those are my fashion stories what are yours Aww. well I have two so one I have for you is like following on from our episode last week about sort of celeb lines mm-hmm. one of the influencers that I follow Lydia Millen who oh, yeah. I sort of started following recently because she came out about um just struggling a bit during lockdown and the pressures of being an influencer was quite open about needing like um soliciting a life coach and how mm. how that helped her become happier and more positive and helped her handle life and I think it's just nice to hear that like life gets us all you know yeah. it's not whoever you are it gets to us at points mm-hmm. so I quite liked that and sort of liked what she was putting out with that and I was watching one of her videos the other day and she has recently done a few collaborations with Karen Millen. Yeah, I was going to say she, she's been doing she, that. She's got another one coming and apparently her last one was their best retail day in history of the company. What? Seriously? That is the power of quote-unquote celebrity influencer. Karen Millen's been around for a while. But you know what? She probably introduces people who wouldn't necessarily shop Mm, there mm -hmm, mm -hmm. to the brand. And I thought that's a really impressive, a really impressive milestone to have with the, like you said, Mm. the likes of Karen Millen. That's a pretty stable, reliable, like premium high street brand. Mm -hmm. I thought that was, that was a real testament to like our, our conversation last week and it's it's interesting as well because Lydia Millen she's although I know who she is it's she's not someone I follow she's not the biggest she's not the most interesting like when it comes to style I mean she's not like the biggest loudest dresser out there um and I've seen her Karen Millen collection because I used to get their emails and I thought nice but nothing completely out of the ordinary for what Karen Millen normally does so I'm shocked that literally I don't know if she designed any of this or she was part of the design the way I would describe it because I was thinking about this earlier of like how to word it okay is that I believe she gave the creative like direction Uh. so she sort of probably gave her ideas uh-huh. And the design team went away and she oversaw the creativity or like the output. Yeah. yeah. Like, I like the colour beige. Because like, also, yes, beige. let's give credit <laughs> to the designers here. She's not one. Mm-mm. And they, she might have gone, I want a floral print. And they design one and she picks one of the designs. Mm. But ultimately, it's the designers who've done it, you know. Yeah, of she's course. not sat there sketching all day. No, no, no I, d- I didn't mean to suggest that. At all. No, no, but like um, it's it's a really tricky one of like I don't want to put her down because for sure she's probably put a lot of hard work into. But um, I mean, it, I think, and now I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure this is the case. Back to our old friends, Boohoo, and all of them, lot <laughs> and Pretty Little Thing. They've had a lot of collaborations. They have actually. They're so good at oh advertising God. and all these In the style has a collaboration each month. Yeah. And they're so good at that and bringing people who just like get the vibe of the brand and who have, are like exactly the demographic of their customer base. Mm-hmm. So like kudos to them. But I always thought that they just had like a warehouse full of designs already. And then like the likes of Molly May comes along and says, I like that, 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 that stuff they already have for sale. Or let's say they took it off the website for a couple months and now it's coming back on the website as a Molly May collaboration when really it's more like an edit, you know, it's a Molly May edit as opposed to a collaboration. Yeah, I think I think that's definitely true of those types of websites because actually they buy all of their designs that way. They mm. might have a design team that does stuff, but for the most part, they sort of buy their designs off of like these big 
factories who process dresses that's why we see similar shapes you often can yeah. see a fabric in it in like a top shop but also in a zara mm. like you know they, they don't buy that fabric for themselves mm-hmm. you can see it in multiple places so um i would like to hope that caramelin because it's a more premium price tag is a bit more but aren't they owned by the likes of boohoo now probably but like i still mm. think they should have a better process but then also yeah. ultimately the difference is, like, say when I I work in design, a designer gives me, like, the, the head of design gives me what I meant to design, gives me the inspiration. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, you're the ones, like, sketching your version of that. Yeah. And they eventually choose one with their edits, of course. So, like, it's very, the design element of stuff is very hickledy-pickledy. But yeah, I just, I was astounded that she was there, like their best day on record. Yeah, that's insane. It's just, it's just the power of stuff. And what, wasn't it that Rihanna's perfume the other day as well, just after we, oh, we yeah. released the episode? Like it sold out like straight away or something Instantly. Like that. Mm. Probably again, a bit of like a Kim K thing that no one smells it, but they bought it online. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's the case. Yeah. Oh. Um, and so my second fashion story is a question. I actually think I'd really like us to do an episode on swimwear. I think swimwear is a really like big minefield. Uh But I went swimming with my nephew today and there were numerous swimsuits, maybe two or three that I thought I can't wear that because I think if I get that wet, (laughs) you're going to see like my nipples underneath. Yeah. How on earth are we in a world that swimwear does not function as swimwear. Because, like, for sure, like, a boohoo.com will say, do not get this wet. Seriously? Not, do they not say suitable, that? Not suitable for water will often be with, like, a swimsuit. Seriously? Because we live in a Love Island day and age where you pose. You go to a beach club and you pose and you're not meant to swim or have fun in the water. And I had to choose certain a set like I have like two I think maybe I've like five swimsuits mm-hmm. like all in one swimsuits one pieces and two of them I can't get wet that's insane I didn't even I that might sound so As in like me but I didn't know or that, that like I haven't tested it but yeah. I don't trust to get them wet <laughs> oh mate you know what's that crazy this uh, oh my god this um made me think like I haven't bought swimwear in I could probably say years in maybe four years solely because um I've got enough at the moment and I don't go on holiday enough to places where I'll swim to justify me buying a new bikini every year if I'm honest so I kind of haven't done that in a while so I haven't even noticed that it says that to be honest yeah, I think I clocked it maybe like two years ago when we were going on holiday for my brother's wedding. Uh-huh. And I remember looking at things and I'm like, can't, can't get wet or like not suitable for water. I was like, it's swimwear. You've you know called what? it a swimsuit. Yeah, I bet those Chanel swimsuits do it the yeah. same. I bet you can't. Ooh, and, and I think it's probably it could be to do with chlorine that type of thing or even salt water can be problematic but it's more for me mm-hmm. it was that I didn't trust that the water wouldn't make it then just sheer yeah yeah yeah. like it wasn't didn't have a double lining on the breast to be like I'm there with my brother man he doesn't Listen, need to see my nipple through the whole swimsuit. the whole thing needs to be double lined the whole yes. because there's bits down there because you know what be... there's bits down there as well not everyone <laughs> um yeah I'm not opposed to like buying a bikini or a swimsuit just to pose you know it's what holidays are about isn't it it's about posing it should be suitable for water it should be (laughs) I can't even believe we're having this conversation I know that is like the one that's the one thing that makes it it's your one job (laughs) you had one job even though I have seen it, I can't think where it was now. 
maybe it was on like Netherport. I saw a crochet mm. swimsuit and I thought that would be beautiful on mm. a beach. And I'm sure that can't get wet because crochet and knitwear often like will sag. And um, so you yeah. don't need that like yeah. saggy crotch vibe. But that that is was well and clearly like yeah. a posery. Mm-hmm. I, but I just think maybe you just can't call it a swimwear. Then that is a triangle bra. You know, that's a, that's a bodysuit, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. No. Hmm. Well, yeah, we should definitely do an episode. To be on continued. That. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, let's play the jingle. So very much following on what we've just talking about um, or spoken about regarding swimwear, bikinis, whatever. Mm. Love Island. I was having a bit of a think and I was like, Love Island essentially, when we talk about Love Island fashion, it's like holiday wear, isn't it? It's holiday fashion, it's holiday looks. And um, I thought, let me do a bit of digging and see how much the British public like to spend on their holiday wardrobe each year. And I have to admit, I thought the results were going to be worse. I thought it'd be quite high, you know. So, yeah, disclaimer, I didn't find a lot of sources that really touched on how much we spend as a nation, like on our holiday wear, clothing wise um I don't know what it is yeah I'm not sure but there was this one website and it's called Silk Fred and they conducted a survey of 2,000 people in the UK and the city that spends the most on like brand new items for their holiday is go on do you want to guess Manchester no London no it's Oxford what? Yeah, on average, amongst the people they surveyed, they spend £160 for new clothes on their holiday. Wow. That's well, I, a lot. It's a lot, but you know what? I thought that I thought was gonna be, be I thought that was gonna be the norm. I thought that'd be like the country's average. Mm, so yeah, I thought yeah. like I would yeah, I'd guesstimate like a 150 country, maybe not country. Southeast at least. South average mm. just because uh, if you get one or two swimsuits maybe a beach bag a hat a few dresses that's not a lot it's not a lot of that stuff. adds up real fast mm. even even asara even at new look like yeah. you're yeah. adding on quick. i mean a bikini easily 30 pounds mm. get two of those 60 pounds have to buy them separate these days even though i'm i will say mm. and i'm i will save it properly for somewhere episode very mm. glad about that i'm not the same on the top as i am on the bottom okay oh so you have to go and mix some matches yeah 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 which like i used to have to like it but before like it was properly a thing to do them separate i used to have to mm. try and swap the tops and the like oh yeah yeah <laughs> um then mm. okay so between manchester cardiff and london people spend on average 64 to about 66 pounds on new items for their holiday that's not much it's not but then when you think about in the in the world of pretty little thing and Mm. also tip always buy your summer stuff in the winter sale because that's when they're going cheap you can you can get some bits that are quite cheap and cheerful and you know holiday ready but again it's not that much money it's literally like one item at and River we Island. are comparing this to love island mm-hmm. they've never worn whatever they're wearing before you know like they've all this is all probably gifted by mm-hmm. like new stuff like they're wearing a new dress every night yeah and granted that's not what you have to like because a holiday wardrobe you build it up so you can wear dresses from last year and t- stuff like that mm-hmm. um but trends I think holiday wear is almost where I'm take more of a trend-based dive do you mean you take a more of a risk yeah I would take more of a risk with that and maybe buy like 
something a bit more like out of my comfort zone, but also a bit more like, oh, that's on trend right now mm-hmm. than for my mm-hmm. everyday wear. Why is that? Because I think you just think you can be anyone on hot. I don't know. <laughs> I think you like with a tan, yeah. whatever. You're just like, yeah, I'll wear like a cut out dress. Or, like, I think you have more confidence to like, because mm. you're not wearing as many clothes or mm. whatever it might be. I think you just take more risks. Also, you can wear stuff in the heat that you just cannot wear in the cold. In the UK. Oh my God. UK. Yeah. 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 Even when the weather's nice. It might not be in an hour. And also by the evening, you need a jacket, you need a coat, whatever. Mm. But on holiday, you can often obviously leave without needing an extra layer or anything. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And another reason why I thought this would be a lot higher, these figures would be a lot higher than what they're claiming to be, is when you go on holiday, you you don't just need like your day wear like the shorts and the t-shirts or like the crop tops and whatnot you need the evening wear because everyone needs to go away with a banging like cocktail dress yeah and like heels or something and like yeah I'm just not convinced I don't think that this is the most reliable I definitely would spend more than 60 pounds on stuff for if I was going on holiday Mm -hmm. for like for sure yeah yeah 60 pounds gets you nothing these days, you know? Mm. It also came up with some other shocking statistics to come out of their survey. One is that men are twice as likely as women to dress up for an Instagram post. Oh. What they said. Now, I don't know if it's the nuance of like women are going to dress up throughout the holiday yeah and men are because they don't try so hard on any given day like they need to be looking good for the boys back at home when they I imagine so I am because I also I imagine the villa's a perfect example of that that girls do like to get dressed like I like to get dressed up and I might not go anywhere and every now and then like Mm -hmm. I just like getting dressed up or play with my makeup like it depends on my mood Whereas, like, I think guys would a guy wouldn't do that. Mm. No guy would sit in his home in, like, his best shirt and trousers for no reason. Whereas, for sure, I would get, like, dressed up, maybe not wearing, like, a, a an amazing dress, but, like, I'd dress sometimes to feel nice because genuinely I wear makeup and I get ready for myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And that actually is probably a really good example that, like, blokes don't yeah so yeah I need some more information on that but that's what I thought it'd be two other bits this was a this was a shocker to me and I do not recommend anyone does this but they said 40% of those people surveyed do not bring spare underwear on holiday who do you think you are I'm definitely someone that, like, if I'm going somewhere for a weekend, I've got, like, 10 pairs of knickers in my bag. Yeah, I know. And, like, it's the meme of, like, oh, why do you pack so many pair of pants? You're not, like, you never shit yourself normally. (laughs) You're not going to piss yourself every day. Yeah, but, like, you just don't know what pair of pants you might need. And I know guys don't maybe have Mm. that dilemma. Mm. Just bring some spare pants, dude. But also, like, when you go... You might shower in the morning, then you might go to the pool during the day, and you're going out in the evening, so you need to shower again. And, and some men wear like they some men choose to wear boxer shorts under their swimming shorts, yeah, for, like extra security. You yeah. cannot be wearing those shorts to dinner. <laughs> Squelching, no, thank you. Um, I just, I just think I need. Hey, you don't anytime, know what outfit you're going to wear. Surely and, the rule is, anytime you shower, you put a new pair of pants on. Well, I hope so. <laughs> uh and then do we we need to do a podcast and how on hygiene guys (laughs) (laughs) uh and then um half of people will buy six or more new items for their holiday which don't add up to me because if they're saying they're spending 60 (laughs) pounds where you get cream is more than 10 pounds (laughs) i know 
those travel no, travel shampoo okay clothing. the clothing yeah 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 not toiletries well unless you're buying vests or primark swimsuits which no no qualms to primark but their prices aren't as cheap as they used to be it must be primark stuff that everyone's buying their bits from because that's averaging out at 10 pounds yeah, I don't know many places yeah. you can buy stuff for like 10 quid mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah so anyway that's my um semi love island wrap up more to do with holiday fashion but I mean like come on like it's all relates doesn't it because it all relates mm-hmm. and also there's not much to write home about with love island fashion that we haven't already touched on we did see another feature of the dark lipstick from Faye this week oh yeah I think it's her power lipstick I I stand by that I think yeah I think you're right Mm -hmm. um but it was who I think it was maybe my brother who sent me a message saying Someone surely needs to tell her that, like, the wet hair and the brown lipstick's not look right. <laughs> like, because, like, what, like, what has she come as? You know what? Like, Mr. Mr. Big talks about fashion, the, right? Yeah, yeah. But like, it wasn't yeah. for her. It's not for her because Mr. Big picked up on that, and I had to explain. Like, on some people, it looks really good. Yeah, yeah. This is just not the day that it looks good. And I think paired with the brown lip liner that overdraws the lips that are already plumped Mm -hmm. that like you need quite a natural probably like yeah you're meant to look like you just got out of water yeah or you do like a bright eyeshadow like you know they do those like those swash swashes of color with the slick hair then you're like oh that's high fashion babe but not and I will say I'm still enjoying Kaz's eyeshadow coordination Mm mm-hmm and really digging that. I'd be really interested to know, like, if she there's a certain eyeshadow palette that she's been using for that. Um, I would. I okay. Would. <laughs> Great. But yeah, other than that, yeah. Mm. Fair. Fair. Mm, yeah. But what isn't uh is 1970s fashion. We interrupt this broadcast to remind you go follow us on Instagram, starloversubstancepod, shoot us an email, starloversubstancepeak at gmail.com, find us on YouTube, find us on Twitter. We've got all the links on our Instagram. You know what to do. That is our topic for today. We're discussing decade fashion again, and we've chosen the 1970s because... It's iconic. What more could you want? It's iconic. What is so great about, like, 1970s, I think, is you had this duality of hobo, like, Mm. it's really casual, which people... Everyone, you know, we talk about in the past, people used to dress up more on a day-to-day basis. We had, like, this youth subculture of hippiness smoking mm-hmm. weed flared jeans like going you know, against the grain yeah casual and just like in the field with flowers in your hair but you also had glam like glam that we are beginning to see today like there are A trends suit. yeah like when we talk about uh what's her name jagger yeah bianca jagger bianca jagger in the classic ysl white suit um and loads of trends that are that we're enjoying again today because it's just like who doesn't like 70s glam absolutely cuz i think the the beginning of 60s glam mm-hmm. or 60s sort of like fashion was very much aimed at young people mm-hmm. do you know what like it was very like all the pictures i see of like 60s fashion young people it's teenagers like the twiggy-esque it's teenagers oh, it's young you people mean. it's under 30s mm-hmm. that is like 
what sort of started the 70s trend unless you're Whereas, talking about like motown fashion mm. where it was like on the stage performances and things yeah but i think then like the 70s brought it to like all ages where like the print it was just like a time for like ev- like print just to have its moment the casuality of stuff we definitely saw a lot of cohorts mm-hmm. um I just think people played with fashion in just such a fantastic way mm. and I just think that so much of that rings true to today like you said like it's just it it you can see it in corners of Topshop, Zara, ASOS, whatever yeah like that style lives on so we should probably go through some of the trends that kind of defined the 70s. Mm-hmm. So, of course, we'll start with tie-dye. What's mm-hmm. your thoughts on tie-dye? Because tie-dye had a big moment in 2020. The Renaissance, yeah. yeah. You know what? I do. I really like tie-dye when it's done right. I think it's it got a bit overkill in 2020, I will admit. <laughs> yes, I don't mind if you had an at-home kit. I don't care. Like, that doesn't bother me. But I don't need it on every piece of clothing. Mm. Like, I think it got thrown at... So they threw the kitchen sink at yeah, it. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Um, I I personally prefer it in sort of more of an athleisure vibe. I okay. prefer it on my, my T-shirts. I don't mind a tie-dye tracksuit. Yeah. That's where it sits for me is more in a like low-key kind of way like I'd happily have 10 tie-dye hoodies that kind of thing do I need trousers at a tie-dye probably not uh, maybe a silk dress maybe but I'd be more particular about the tie-dye yeah um, I think it's an inherently casual thing yeah for me yeah. it's casual because for me it's homemade and that is a big theme of the 70s was incorporating this sort of homemade very casual the crochet mm-hmm. bohemian vibe the hippiness and mm-hmm. um, so that's probably why I think tie-dye sits there yeah um, so we also had crochet, as you mentioned, mm. which goes with that. We had bell bottoms, Love which bell bottoms. I just, I remember wearing bell bottoms as like a kid. As, In I the 90s, like, for yeah. sure. Um, we have bell sleeves. This comes more into like the glam evening, mm. silk shirts, mm. bell sleeves, um, crop tops and skirts, which we've seen a lot of coming back, a lot of crop tops and color blocking. Is, yeah. a, is a really big one especially comes with as I said the glam side of the 70s yeah yeah and I I, I think if you in the 70s it was defined as a hippie if you now use the word bohemian or boho style mm-hmm. that is essentially the 70s hippie yeah you yeah, know yeah. it's the peasant blouses it's those like smock-esque dresses mm-hmm. it's sort of anything that's embroidered or got those sort of cutouts or what looks like it could be crochet or anything sort of hand like hand done artisanal almost yeah mm-hmm. and actually like that's that style has followed through mm-hmm. I remember bohemian styles in the 90s the noughties the I don't even know what the 2010s are called yeah. um, and now like that brings true like think of Sienna Miller uh-huh. and like yeah. her bohemian-esque style um I Serena think- Vander Woodson used to be sort of like bohemian a bit in Gossip Girl like yeah. for me bohemian is synonymous with summer to yeah. an extent it comes yeah, yeah, around yeah. every summer yeah and it's like an easy look um it Floaty. doesn't yeah it doesn't require as much detail as well or a much much attention to detail we should say um, it almost doesn't yeah. want a full face of makeup yeah you know, it, it's almost like a throw on tie your hair up or like you haven't you're not fully done essentially often with this hippie boho look yeah um and that was huge like the 60s like let's remember the Beatles in those um Pierre Cardin suits Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. very tailored and even with girls with the mini skirts yeah I'm sure at some point we will do 60s but like transition that to the 70s and you just suddenly really relaxed yeah 
really yeah. different. And even when you, I think the word relaxed is a good word because you had like bohemian relaxed on one side. And even when you look at really glam fashion, the fabrics were floaty. The oh, whole, jersey. yeah, they were like silky, floaty, like halternecks. Mm. Um, they were suits which were like tailored, but they were like wide leg for women. Yeah, like the bell bottom or wide yeah. leg, not so fitted. Mm-hmm. And trousers for women again. Yeah, like that yeah, wasn't exactly. in the sixties. Was the mini skirt like mm-hmm. it was all about dresses? And suddenly, bam, seventies. We have the bell bottoms, wide leg, flare. Mm-hmm. Very cool. And for men too, for the same silhouette was really interesting. Yeah. Really interesting. Oh, and definitely like men wearing boots, which like were high heels, essentially. Like, let's not forget. Questionably <laughs> quite feminine. Very. Clothing. Yes. Think of like, I think the Rolling Stones, and I think Mick Jagger mm-hmm. and Mick and Bianca were like two of the biggest fashion icons of the 70s. He, I wouldn't mind betting he borrowed some of her clothing to wear on stage. Yeah. It was like pushing the boundaries and it was sort of starting. It was the start of that 80s, like probably the new romantics, like all of that, mm. like just experimenting and like there's it was a really free time. I just think it was um yeah, it was just there weren't many boundaries for the first time in fashion, and we just saw. We didn't see many designers do that, but a few designers sort of embraced that and mm-hmm. were brave and bold. And I think that's pretty exciting. Um, yeah. So designers that were big mm. in the 70s, let's go uh, through some of them. The first one I have on my list is very much a British brand, which was massive. I think they now in Debenhams, but they have like a little kind of corner of Debenhams. And it's like, if you know, you know, and that's Bieber. So that was yes. quite a quite an influential British brand at the time so my friend well our school friend Faith her mum has like some Bieber stuff like a Bieber bag and stuff like that and it's huge you can get it a lot in vintage shops you can still Mm. find it there and it's it's a real moment in in the 70s for sure yeah then we have Diane von Furstenberg Mm. who came out with the wrap dress (laughs) um that was a phenomenon phenomenon in itself. Yeah. Again, a comfortable dress that could be worn at work casually, um, comes in lots of different fabrics and designs and prints, and that's what she's known for. Um, but still quite like relaxed and still sexy, you know? Mm. Shows off shows off your body if you want to, you know. Yeah. You can Open and close. <laughs> <As much laughs> um, of course, we had Yves Saint Laurent. Mm, huge yep. moment for YSL in the in the seventies. Quite controversially at mm. times, they really embraced the changing fashions. Yeah, and even to this day, we've spoken about in past uh, episodes. Um, YSL still cling on to the same styling and fashion that himself eve had introduced in the 70s you know the pussy bow blouses rocky, rock and the, roll. Rock and, the glam rock and roll the suits the the black and white you know yeah we still we still see the same stuff today mm-hmm. then we've got um a designer called stefan burrows who was a, an american designer who was popular for color blocking Mm-hmm. And that that we see everywhere still. I mean, yeah, huge at the moment. Yep, Emilio Pucci got a love Emilio Pucci print. The print, yeah. I also think of J Lo when I think of that. See you. <laughs> Why? I think just because she like it's a bit like the Versace dress print, probably. But like, I just think she oh. loved a print, didn't she? When she yeah. was um, a singer, yeah. I think the early, like the 2000s and early 2010s, we were still on that like bright circle-esque, like bright. Mm. We have Ottavio Masoni. So the whole Masoni family with their crochet. Absolutely. um, 
multicolored knitwear and that you know what head pieces when it turbans. comes to um swimwear that you might not be able to wear in the water i'll happily <laughs> have a masoni not waterproof bathing suit for sure yeah loads of caftans and all of that um, I, I would love a masoni swimsuit mm. or if not just like a head headband head, yeah headband or a head wrap or something and they're still going strong you know what? We should for sure do an episode on Masoni. Yeah, we How can. on earth has a brand just made a zigzag that sensational? <laughs> but And also, it's like, it's not just him. It's the whole family now. It's like oh. the whole Masoni clang. It's like Fendi, in a way. Yeah. Um, then we've got Holston, mm-hmm. who popularised that Studio 54, like, club glamour silks and like he so much glam yeah he became known for the halter neck dress which was very big very big huge like changed a big game yeah and he has a um there's actually a netflix series on at the moment which documents his life and he was quite um known for being quite influential when it came to like the fashion of business so I believe he was one of the first to license his name and so that's where you get like licensed products from and um but he sold his business and I think like literally within 10 years like his business was worth like a ton more um so sucks to be him but (laughs) yeah Holston uh Vivian Westwood yeah, very often, like, we talk about Vivian Westwood in the in the realm of punk, rightly so. Mm. But she started, in, like, her trajectory to being who she is today began in the 70s. Just love it. Yeah. And then another one I have, which is kind of like a cult classic and that is the american designer bob mackie now if you know anything about Cher <laughs> and like tina Turner, which we do in this podcast then rhinestones glitter um what is it like that mesh that skin colored mesh mm, cool. um yeah and like skin tight clothing where you've got beads which are like strategically placed so that nothing. Oh, you know. that mesh bodysuit. Yeah, type. mesh mm. bodysuits. Um, go and Google Bob Mackie if you're not familiar. Incredible stage and like gala Oscars type clothing. Amazing. Yeah, and I think you've really embodied there how diverse the 70s were, mm-hmm. where you had that like, really casual bohemian 70s vibe but then on the total other end we had some really like pivotal red carpet glamour moments like you said with the halt neck and very much like sequins bedazzling all of that kind of a thing that like we hadn't seen maybe since the 30s mm. and just this like real spectrum yeah, that I really think is why I really associate the seventies till this current day, is that we just still have this huge spectrum now. And I've said it before that I kind of almost don't believe in a trend being a thing anymore. Mm-hmm. And and I think the seventies was the start of that. I think the seventies you could be who you wanted to be. There were, and like yeah. music for sure dictated still a lot of style in like mm-hmm. the 60s, 70s, 80s, even 90s when we discussed that episode. But I think it was also just the start of just a, like diversifying mm. how you dressed. Yeah. And I just think that's huge. I think that came with a lot of societal change as well. Mm. I believe that the pill came out during the yeah. 70s. Yeah, and it was a sexual was that, revolution. <clears throat> yeah, and... There was more women working in the office, um, working nine to five, you know, working shout out to Dolly. To, oh, <laughs> we need to do an episode on Dolly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, that coincided with, also we had things like the Vietnam War where people were like yes. protesting and 
making their voices heard and so there was a lot of stuff going on in society and I think that the bohemian style was a rejection of very traditional or very rigid lifestyles kind of saying I don't want any part of like what I'm expected to be then adopting a more like bohemian lifestyle was one way of like rejecting all those social norms that you saw in the 60s because frankly in the 60s you know men had to be a certain way and women had to be a certain way and you know the family unit was in a certain way and it was a lot more rigid for people so I think you're right in that people could start to test the way in which they wanted to live their lives and the way they wanted to dress and as you said like men's certain aspects of men's fashion became feminized let's say and certain aspects of women's fashion became masculinized and then you had like really sexy fashion of like studio 54 and like bob mackie and things like that and yeah so i agree with that statement yeah i think it was the beginning of fluidity i think Mm -hmm. that was aided by potentially like um the drug scene of just it becoming more like synonymous or just more easygoing like mm, I think mm-hmm. in the sixties, it was probably like a more of a you were in the crowd or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I also think, correct me if I'm wrong, that was like the introduction to like some Bob Marley music mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. kind of a thing. And I just think that like it was just more of an open-minded world at, from the sixties. Mm-hmm. I think <laughs> like it for sure just became this sort of like. Open, broadening horizons and yeah. that kind of a thing yeah. that I think was important and that was truly reflected in the clothing that there are more occasions than just a woman sitting at home with her kid but also a, like men too they're like why does he have to wear a shirt and a tie why can't he wear a blouse if he wants to mm. wear this or that like the lines are blurry and they should be yeah so um, what's one of your favourite things to come out of 1970s fashion? So I remember at work we once did sort of like a 70s theme and I remember researching this. And I'll say it's almost like the 70s Vogue shoots. This very like loud or like just a lot. It was a lot of clothing. They would often have like mm-hmm. a two-piece sort of whether it was a cord or a suit and then maybe like a poncho that matched. Oh, the poncho. You know what I mean? Like it was, there was like a cape or there was something that like brought the look together. And it just like, and that's where I'm thinking like Poochie and all of that stuff of just like this, this print phenomenon. Mm. Um, Yeah. That's what I think of it. These very graphic, very arty Vogue covers and you just think of the likes of like a Jerry Hall, a mm. Bianca Jagger in yeah. very chic suits and just becoming really like, and Janice Dickinson. Oh, yeah. Like model of oh, the God. time. <laughs> it's batshit crazy. B to Janice. <laughs> oh. I really thought her modeling career was real, but it was <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Um, So would you say that those suits is something that you would have part of your own style or wardrobe? Or do you think that's something that's influenced your own style? For sure. I actually think like the co-ord-esque thing, you know, I'm I'm dig a co-ord. I've really come around to that. Because also I think beforehand it was just sort of like, a cohort used to almost be like a top and a skirt. And now it, we've really come back to sort of the 70s thing. And actually, even in the latest Zara collection, mm-hmm. they have like this polka dot suit that I have my eye on. Love it. Mm. I love it. I love a polka dot. That is for me. It's quite pricey, <laughs> but I think I might get it. Mm. Um, and it's a flared trailer, like a tapered sort of like, did I say flower? Flared, you mean? 
I think I said a flared flower, uh, a flared trouser, <laughs> yeah, if I yeah. said flower, um, or like a bootleg type cut. Mm. I definitely think that influences my style. I think I have very much this sort of like, I, I don't know. I think it's more the fact that like in the 70s, one day you could be bohemian, the next you could wear a suit, the next you could wear a glittery halter neck dress. Mm. And I definitely identify with the fact that I don't dress like the same character every day. Yeah. Mm, What's your cool. sort of favourite takeaway from the 70s? Um, It would have to be like a blazer like a tailored blazer I love I love I love um and like a trouser yeah definitely a trouser suit and I love the sequence as I said of like Cher's most iconic looks because I've said this before I love overtly glamorous things for sure um and that for me is just like that's what fashion's about isn't it it's about wearing a fantasy um Mm -hmm. And yeah, and then also just like I don't know, it's very when you think of um, like cliche vogue, you think of power suits in the eighties, yes. and you think of like power dressing of the seventies as well. Those are like iconic vogue eras. So yeah. Okay, so I have a question for you after your mention of the pantsuit. Would you wear mm. a skirt suit? Uh, um, uh, I don't think I would. I think I don't I, think I, I think identify I with that. I think I would, but it depends on the skirt length, doesn't it? Yeah. I have a I actually have a skirt suit that I've mentioned literally right at the beginning of this podcast. That I still haven't worn. It needs to like, it needs to be dry cleaned and everything, <laughs> but I need an occasion to wear it. It's okay. not something I'm just wearing like any day. Would you wear it to the office? No, 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 no. This is a, this it's, is the, it's better than that. yeah, it is. This was the one I've mentioned this to you before. It's the um, vintage Dior suit that I have. Is yeah. this your mum's or that you no. found with your mum? She found eBay. it. Yeah, bought it. I, I, she sourced it essentially on eBay, and okay. I paid for it. Um, oh, skirt suits are a weird one, aren't they? I think I'd find it harder to find the correct skirt suit than I would trouser suit. It's but all that about skirt also length. could be trend driven because it's mm. very in style currently. Mm. Um. But it's skirt length because you have to have a certain skirt length for the office. I think with a mini, a mini skirt, yeah. Oh, but then you can't kind of wear that to the office as much, you know? Well, the thing but is, if I put on a thick denier pair yeah. of tights, I'm short, Anything so it's, it really doesn't matter so much. But you're like long and leggy. <laughs> no, so if you wear a mini skirt. I'm a big believer that heavy, heavy denier tights fix all problems when it comes to skirt length. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So is there an element of the 70s you incorporate, you think, to this current day? Oh, definitely. Um, I like silky things. I like a silk headscarf, which I have on at the moment. Mm -hmm. Uh, um, That is definitely something that everyone was rocking in the 70s. Um, And blazers, like like blazers for women, you know, Mm -hmm. blazers made for women. Um, Yeah, those are the, the things that I take away. So what's going to be our poll for this week? What part of uh, 70s fashions like influenced you and you still wear today and still appreciate? Um, no, that's pretty much it, I think. We're just trying to... Ah, 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 ah. Stay alive, stay alive. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, don't get it's us wrong. There was a lot of dodgy, like... Oh, I love a flare suit. I love all of that. <laughs> I actually think, you know what, I don't like boot cut trousers as much on men, but I think no. on women, it's, it's, it's Yeah, style. that's true, that's true. I think the tricky thing with men is you've got to be really slim. Um, mm. I mean, men used to wear like those cummerbunds with their suit. Yeah, I mean, I mean with the silk frilly shirt uh, in the baby uh, pinks and the like baby blues. Maybe we should also have an episode on men's like, 
formal wear because I have some strong opinions on that. Um, I'm in like pitch black. <laughs> I know you just said me to, that happened literally the same like three minutes. It's not even that dark in this room. I just don't have the light on. Um, anyway, um, yeah, okay. So we're gonna put that poll on our Instagram. So respond with your answers, um, and we'll post all the responses as well. Um, but yeah, that's that's it from us. Thanks for listening for another week, guys. I've been Mim. And I've been Scarlett. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.